Hey everybody, it's JT. What is on your holiday meal shopping list? Well, I would suggest Painted Hills Natural Beef. It is some of the best beef in the world. And your friends and family will be thanking you for a long time if you serve Painted Hills Natural Beef for your holiday meals. And now you can buy it online just by going to PaintedHillsBeef.com. Use the code BBQNATION at checkout and save yourself 15% on your order. Give Painted Hills Natural Beef a place on your table this holiday season. This is Barbecue Nation After Hours, the conversation that took place after the show ended. Hey everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Hey, everybody. Welcome to After Hours here on Barbecue Nation. I'm JT, along with Hall of Famer Ms. Leanne Whippen, uh, and my my dear friend and mentor, uh, Graham Kerr, the Galloping Gourmet. Uh, if you were not available or around to ever watch any of Graham's shows, I will tell you that you missed something special. I'm just going to put it that way, because even though I'm a bit younger than you, when I saw you uh, jump over the chair the first time, holding a glass of wine, um, and then went on with your show. And then I think one of the, the humor and the information throughout the show, Graham, and they're available. You can go on YouTube and different places and find them. Yeah. But the, I think the greatest thing was at the end when you brought somebody out of the audience and fed yeah. them, sat down and ate with yeah. them a bit. That was a real hook in my book. No pun intended there, I guess, but that was <laughs> right. you were you were. Well, first of all, you and Julia were the first two that had TV shows like that, uh, that were, you know, national, international. Yeah, they, when, they were the pioneers and and have really they were the ones that started this tv food thing and actually um i enjoy uh because even though i was little my mom always had it on so i was watching it and it it was very entertaining informational you just don't see that and it's more competitive now the uh the cooking shows and i i just enjoyed the format and there's nothing like it out there so you should do it again Oh boy! Yeah, I, that, jumping over a chair. I look at that now, and I, I, I must tell you, I've only ever seen eight episodes that I've ever made, mm. because my wife Trina said, "Don't look at yourself. If you look at yourself, you'll be self-editing. You'll you'll do the things you like and don't do the things you don't like." And, and you can see people who've obviously watched themselves on television. Right. And they're very studied. They, you can see mm-hmm. that they, they know what they're doing uh, mm-hmm. and how they turn their head and everything else. Um, so I've only seen eight. But when I've seen that, that leap over that dining room chair landing on a concrete floor, I did it 580 times. Oh. Um, I am not surprised that my low back has a way of grumbling. <laughs> these <laughs> I could I couldn't even jump over a, a glass of wine. <laughs> well, it was it was so entertaining, and I think that um, uh, Leanne is right, and you're right. Right, I don't know if Leanne looks at her uh, footage. 
I, I do don't. not. I, I do I not can't. look at mine. I, I, I do not. I do not look at mine. I what I do these days is just make sure after the shows are over, I wait about an hour and make sure the the links are posted to wherever they're supposed to be posted. But I don't go back and watch the footage. Uh, I have an attitude of been there, done that. And yeah. uh, I don't yeah, I, I don't don't need to watch it again. I'll I'll watch it if like my mom is watching it, like a rerun pops up, I'll watch it. But I tend to be so incredibly critical and oh, I should have done this, I should have done that. And it's not enjoyable for me to watch it. So yeah. I, I don't make an effort or I mean, on all the Pitmaster shows, I think I've only seen two of the episodes in full. That's it. But, um, you know, I know what you're saying, Graham. It, it's 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 smart not to because it it almost looks so contrived and scripted these days. Yeah. Like you said, with the turn of the head, they know if their head should be up, down. Uh, they know what color they should wear. They know uh, just everything is different now. And that's what I miss about the originality and just the natural flow of just being a person. You know what yes. I mean? And, and yeah, absolutely. It, the inner personality and doing things on the fly, you know, yeah. not having everything missed out for you. And, and, you know, it's basically everything is already there. Boom, boom, boom. You know, it's like you're actually doing the work and talking about alternatives and, you know, what you do at home and with friends and family. And, and I do, I miss all of that a lot. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, I must tell you that I do credit, if I credit anybody, it's Trina, because food bored her. She, she was bored. <clears throat> and she told me, you know, you bore me. You're the most unutterably boring man in the entire world when you just get onto your food alone. And, and I, I represent a part of your audience that couldn't give a damn what you're doing. And all you seem to be is caring a great deal about the chefs who are watching you and wondering what they're thinking. Uh-huh. And you need, you need to stop that. You, you need to just be who you are and hang out with people like me. And I'm going to give you an A plus when you do that. And I'm going to give you a C when you just go for your chefs alone. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And she graded every single one of my programs immediately after I'd done it. Huh. Wow. So. How did you overcome that at home, though, if she found you boring with food? I mean, didn't you go home and cook? How, how, I don't. I don't know how I, I just have a hard time understanding the boring. I mean, I get well, it. Well, uh, OK, well, you have to know, I started on television in 1960 <clears throat> in New Zealand and um, and I arrived in New Zealand as a pommy, pommy, P-O-M-E, prisoner of Mother England. That, <laughs> that's what we were. We were referred to as pommies mm-hmm. if you yeah. had come from England. So I had my English accent. They were, it's a farming community, and that's what they did. They, they cooked in a farming manner. They're good at baking, but everything else was not. <clears throat> so I got to be the vice president of the Wine and Food Society, about 40 members in the whole nation who were part of this small group of people. And they had me do one dish suppers um, with a glass of wine. And, and I would teach them um, how to make that dish. Um, and um, 
I got the reputation as the gourmet of New Zealand. There was literally no, but I was 24 years old. And you just don't know enough at 24. Mm -hmm. So what I would, I would work really hard at knowing exactly the professional French techniques of doing everything I did. So I, I learned to communicate skill and, and knowledge which I really had to pack into my head afresh each time I did anything. So I was preoccupied <clears throat> with gaining the approval of the people that I was talking to. Mm-hmm. And you can be really boring if you're doing that. And that's what you're noticing with this competition. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> they're, they're wondering how to stay on in the face of other people who know what it is that they're doing mm-hmm. instead of just letting it hang out. And our discussion today is a discussion of a man who understands that the gravy should be made in the roasting pan, mm-hmm. but I not. And they understand that you can drink and they understand that. It, and, and, and that pies are wonderful and everything else, but I'm I don't have to bother about that. I just have to be me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've, I'm learning that as a result of my darling's thing. She said, I'm going to have to <clears throat> work on you in the format of the program. You are going to have to tell a silly story before you do the cooking. Because the audience of 380 people used to pack into that audience saying, they, they're going to have to love <clears throat> and, and feel relaxed in your presence. And when you feel relaxed and laughing in their presence, then you can cook. Then you're softened up enough to be able to communicate. Mm-hmm. And that I, was it. I like my style where you just never know what the hell you're going to get when I open my mouth. Mm-hmm. So- <laughs> But I think I got that from you, my friend. I'm not sure, you know, as a as a 12 year old, when I was watching your shows, uh, that was one of the things just like Leanne said that attracted me to it. Not the food was gorgeous and living on a little farm in Clackamas County in Oregon. You, you didn't see food like that a yeah. lot. Uh, we were basically like a lot of farmers, like you were talking about the, in New Zealand, you were meat and potatoes or meat and mutton or lamb or whatever down there. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter. But when I saw that, that dynamic food you were putting out, but the thing that really caught me was your personality. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe Leanne would agree with this. I think we get a lot of people on TV today and they're nice people. I'm not ripping on them from a personal matter, but they have the personality of this pen right here. They, (laughs) their personality doesn't come through. And then the other thing from a technical side, I think a lot of the shows now I do live television. Um, and so there's no going back and fixing it. Mm -hmm. But if you're recording a show, they can go back and edit it. You can do six takes on something. You can do whatever you want. So it's kind of this, monotonous perfection if you will yes 
And, and I see that a lot. And it, I don't care to watch those shows because I know what they're going to do next. You know, I know it, it's, it's like Leanne said, it's very scripted and it's this and this mm -hmm. and this. And then once in a while, I'll catch a show uh, where it's not scripted like that. And it's not so predictable. And the people, whoever's doing the cooking, whatever style, I don't care. Uh, their personality comes out. And, um, you know, that's what made you and Julia so so great. I mean, your, your knowledge was unquestionable, but your personalities uh, were a bit unpredictable. And I thought that was marvelous. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine what it's like working with your producer who is telling you, I don't care about food. I don't, that's <laughs> up to you. But I want the first four minutes of that show and they're mine. You are mine. You do what I tell you to do on that first four minutes. After that, it's over to you. And all I can say to you is that when I decided for this, um, just for example, um, uh, I, I decided that I would do a beef stroganoff. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, and that was my decision. Where do beef stroganoff? Where do I go to see that made in the most authentic way it can be made? Moscow. Okay, 1970. <clears throat> Second ever U.S. Air, Air, Air Force, uh, U.S. Um, Pan Am um, flew into Moscow. I was on that plane. I meet with the Politburo and they wanting to know what I'm going to do and whether I'm here to poke fun or, and they realize that I'm not and I really want to know. So they lay it out for me to be able to go to some place to, where they're good doing a really good stroganoff and I watch them do it and I film them doing it and I bring that back um, uh, home and I test that and develop it into a method and I do it and then I do the whole show and I tell the joke which is a Russian joke which was funny um, and, and then do the show and then feed the person who comes out of the audience, like you referred to. At that moment, it's about 19 and a half hours of my time has been spent, not, not in air, air travel, but right. in actual old hands-on investigating that dish. And I am waiting for them to, hit, to tell me that they like it. And when they do, damn! 19 and a half hours of my life is worthwhile. Yes. In, yeah. in the reception of that. It's like with Leanne, with a possibility, and I'm not leaning on you now, darling, mm -hmm. um, of having a little mound of that, um, uh, of that purple porridge um, mixture with, the, with the, uh, just on the side with her pies, mm -hmm. just <clears throat> to see what that might be like. That, that would make my year. That would that, that somebody would picks. enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> You'll have to make that and take some pictures of it, Leanne. I will. Yeah. 
Um, I, I wrote down the uh, recipe, as you can see. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, Graham. Let, let's get let's get serious here for a second. Um, yeah. We've got some lightning round questions for you. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, what cooking skill took you the longest to master? Um, making a good cake. Hmm. I, I'm uh, as a baker. I'm more or less hopeless. It's so strategic. It's so infinite. You have to watch every ounce. It's weighing and measuring and and temperatures and all of that is so focused upon the end thing that I, I it just doesn't sizzle i don't it's aroma it doesn't please it's the <clears throat> it's not where my heart is so well, there you go so you're that's still exactly working on the it saying no that's for me too whenever yeah. someone yeah. says what is it that you don't like to cook and i i don't like to bake because it's so precise and I, I like to have yeah. flexibility and be able to add what I want or, you know, just, and, and the unknowing of cooking of how things are going to react is fun for me and baking. Yeah. It's just never been a thing on top of that. I'm not, I don't really like cake very much. I always had ice cream <laughs> cake for my birthdays. I, yeah. I, don't know <laughs> I would say that was probably with me, the baking uh too because you know that as the you both know this thing baking is chemistry mm -hmm. yes and yes so, you know with chemistry you can't just walk by and throw you know a little more magnesium into the mix just for the heck of it you know you might have some issues there mm -hmm. <laughs> and i've tried that a few times and the end result was not good yeah. but it, it was yeah. worth, it was worth the time to find out i guess but <laughs> anyway uh that's that would be it. If you could, Graham, if you could uh, at any time worked with one of your heroes, uh, a chef or a home cook, whoever it was, uh, besides Julia, because I know you two yeah. had some fun together, but yes. who would it have been or would it still be? I, I, I would love it if I could um, dredge up <clears throat> um, a real answer with someone you may know. Um, that would be cool, but I can't. Um, so I'd have to show Chef <clears throat> um, Silvano Trompetto, the maitre chef de cuisine of the Savoy Hotel in London. Mm. Um, <clears throat> it's just a consummate professional and a lovely man and a very good friend. Yeah. Mm. Well, there you go. What um, what does your currently what does your best day contain for activities for Graham Care today? Oh, without question, Wednesdays. Um, every Wednesday, and I'm now on my forty fifth. Last Wednesday was my forty fifth Wednesday in a row, <clears throat> in which I switch off all electronics. My phone as well. Everything. I I go I go cold turkey on the news. I I I have no understanding about what's happening in the world, um, and I practice and uh, something which used to be practiced in the first um, <clears throat> century. Um, you know, uh, uh, yeah, about the first century, 
um, called, it was the Desert Fathers um, who were escaping persecution <clears throat> and went into the desert and um, found this way of taking time and making it available with the express purpose of trying to uh, feel a presence of God, if you will. Um, they just set their time aside to sit and be. And um, there's all kinds of people do that for all kinds of reasons. And I, I'm doing it now every Wednesday, and I'm beginning to understand something called peace for my soul. Um, I'm an agitated person. I have um, ideas bound out of me just, and these ideas have settled down over 45 weeks um, so that I can actually almost be at, at, at an un... Uh, and I'm not concerned about what is going on around me. I have nothing that I see. I have nothing that I hear. I have no nothing I can write about afterwards. And, and even talking about it with you is, is tough. Um, all I can say is it's just flat out marvelous. Well, there you go. There you go. Okay. <laughs> Do you remember the very first thing you ever cooked? Oh, <clears throat> what an interesting question. That's the first time I've ever been asked that. Ha. Gosh. <laughs> Go on. You tell me the first thing that you remember. That uh, the first thing that I remember seeing you cook or the first thing that I cook? No, no, no. You, you. But first thing you ever cook. I, I think it was um, like a pot roast. My mother, okay. my mother, I came home and uh, got off the school bus. We always had chores. Of course, you're on a farm, so we had chores after school. But she would always leave a note that said, please put the baked potato, put the potatoes in to be baked at five o'clock. All right. So she just left this note. And I, I remember this explicitly because I'd never done it before. She said, put the roast in the oven at five o'clock because my dad would get home at six o'clock, six fifteen. She got home about six thirty and we ate dinner about somewhere around seven every night. Uh, that was after the chores were done and all that. I didn't, I didn't know what to do. I put some salt and pepper on it because I knew that's what mom did, but I didn't do anything creative because I was probably 10, you know, or something. Mm -hmm. And I stuck it in the oven, <clears throat> except I forgot to turn the oven on. So, um, <laughs> uh, you know, that was uh, that was the first thing I ever tried to cook. I, as I remember, I mean, I could make toast and stuff like that, you know, if you were hungry. But that's what I remember. You remember, Leanne, first thing you ever cooked? The cereal count? No. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the first like really like really nice thing. I, I did a filet wrapped in bacon with a green pepper and brandy cream sauce. And that was the first, <laughs> that was not the first thing. Wow. I made. It was the first challenging dish, you know, 
that my dad had made and for me to, you know, to sear the meat off in an iron skillet and, you know, make the sauce afterwards with the drippings. And I remember that being my first, like really like gourmet dish. So I do remember that as far as my first real thing. I mean, it could have been Kraft macaroni and cheese for all I know. Um, but I would probably say it was scrambled eggs because my mom probably wouldn't let me do anything unless yeah. it was starting off simple. Yeah. yeah. So I, yeah. I don't recall really. So Graham, if we declared you supreme, <laughs> supreme ruler of cooking and, <laughs> and co- encompasses everything, but we make you supreme ruler of of cooking. Not on a Wednesday, though. We'll make this on a Friday. <laughs> but if oh, I cook on I cook on Wednesdays. Okay, I, I I live a perfectly ordinary life. I just don't listen to the media. Well, that's, well, that's good. That, that's good. I think we can yeah. all do that and be Very better inspiring. off. <laughs> yeah, but if we if we made you that supreme ruler, what would you decree? Ah, how wonderful. I would decree that within 24 hours, I would require each of you to go and knock on a neighbor's door and invite them to come in and have tea or coffee with you. Oh, there you go. I like that. I yeah, Yeah, I do something like that when we're filming here at the house. There's always leftovers, so I usually That's nice. Once the crew leaves, I put it on a plate and I take it to the widow lady next door or the people to the north of me, and because uh, it's just two of us in the house now, so I can't you can't mm-hmm. possibly utilize all that. So mm-hmm. I give it yeah. away. I give it away. Do you have other than your own writings? Do you have a favorite cookbook? Do you know, I would have to go back to the to to a cookbook that I used a lot, and um, and that, that helped me in my career. It was the Esquire International Cookbook. You can still get it on if you go on on Amazon Books. The Esquire International Cookbook. Um, it literally went went through over a hundred famous restaurants and beautifully described the restaurant and the owners and their philosophy and gave two or three dishes from there. Um, and I was in New Zealand and on radio and um, and I used that book to because it was called Cook's Tour and I would literally go on a worldwide um, a trip of my imagination using that book as as my guide, and um, not never saying that I went to these places. I would describe those places in the way that they had been described, and uh, really, I was so familiar with the world of food by going on that trip uh, through that book that when it became my opportunity to be able to do that trip myself, it was the, the foundation and the fulfillment of my dreams as a set-apart cookbook reader. There you yeah. go. 
Yeah. Do you, do you, um, do you remember the biggest mistake you ever made while doing a show? Yeah, I do. It was really traumatic. Um, I was making a hot water paste pie. Um, I know it sounds like baking, but it's different. Um, It's a a Melton Mowbray pie, um, veal, ham and egg, um, and this hot water pastry. So the hot water pastry, the water had to be boiling and there had to be lard, which would put melted into that uh, water. and uh, that had to be poured into the bowl and then mixed up with the flour. Well, what happened was that um, we had been, um, it, it was like the third episode of the evening and uh, they bring it the, 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 the lard um, and water um, preparation uh, ahead of time <clears throat> and, and put that on the stove to be uh, out, out, out of the fridge and put it on the stove and turn the stove up so that uh, it, was, um, it, it would quickly melt the lard and become available. Well, what happened was that um, um, it, it was put on a high heat and it was really cold <clears throat> and the lard didn't didn't um, melt as quickly as it did, but the water underneath boiled. So the water escaped um, through a crack in the lard and blew up the whole um, thing. So I had hot lard Uh. and boiling hot water all over me. Um, And um, Trina um, in the control room said, keep the cameras rolling. If oh. he's gone blind, let's get it on tape. Oh. Um, and um, <laughs> so eventually they got a towel and I, 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 two or three minutes after that, uh, I wiped myself off and, <clears throat> and came back with the, with, the, with the same audience who were stunned by this taking place. And I looked like I was um, a bit part of De Niro in The Godfather. You know, I, <laughs> my hair was sleek down, everything yeah. with fat in it. And I finished the show. But um, that was quite something because it really hurt. And I had blotches over my <clears throat> skin. So I was allowed some makeup for once. Trina would never allow me to put makeup on. Um, yeah. So no, no, you 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 are who you are. Don't put makeup on. So go. I had to put it on this one. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. If- oh, by the way, that the first thing I remember ever cooking was not cooking so much as mise en place, as getting preparations, because I was ten like you were, um, and um, my dad. I grew up in the hotel business, so um, I, I didn't have the family table um so i was <clears throat> put in the kitchen and the chef had built me a, um an orange box to stand on so that i could be at the at mm. the table height and i had a little six inch sabatier knife given to me and i was able to uh, be shown how to handle the knife and not cut my fingers mm. off and that's that's what i remember cool. there yeah. you go <clears throat> um Last question, Graham. If you put your life to music, what music would it be? 
Ten o'clock, o'clock, o'clock. <laughs> um, the upper, um, uh, what is that? Ah, uh, uh, what is that? What, is, um, come on, Graham. Um, it's a fair, it's a world famous opera. See that you're right in their pigeon for you've got a little bit anyway. I can't, I can't remember for the life of me, isn't that awful? I get little, little pockets of dark that I go chasing names into, and um. And I know it's going to come immediately. You can email it to me. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I will. All right. Okay. Graham Thank Care. you. Fascinating. Yes. Well, you're always fascinating, my friend. And uh <laughs> I cherish every time we get to talk to you. I really do. Yeah, Good. <laughs> Good. So lovely. Yeah. Thank We're, you so much. You're welcome. We're going to get out of here. We'll be back next week with another edition of After Hours here on Barbecue Nation with uh, with Meathead, like I said, from Amazing Ribs. But until then, as I tell you most of the time, remember our motto, turn it, don't burn it. Take care, everybody. <laughs>